0: So today, by request for our final Bible study for a little while here, um, Mary Boroff had asked about looking into uh, suicide and what the, uh, you know, historical church thought, contemporary thought, um, and of course, what, if anything, it says in the Bible about the matter. Um, Before we begin, I'd like to start with a word of prayer and uh, preface by saying this is a subject, I don't know about all of you, but I've had... uh, I've had this impact my family, uh, my friends group. I think a lot of people have, um, and it's been a it's been a tragic thing that we've found that society and church have um, maybe we could say moved on or clarified more over the last uh, several decades. Um, so I'll just offer that this is a um, this is a subject that I think is important to look at, but is also personal for me. So why don't we begin with a word of prayer? The Lord be with you. And also so with you. Holy and gracious Heavenly Father, you hold all of those who know you and whom you created dear to you. As we explore this very fraught and challenging subject, Lord, we ask that you send your Holy Spirit to be with us, to guide us in our minds, in our hearts, in our souls, to offer us grace and peace and wisdom so that we might better understand how you look upon us in our human condition, and how our actions are looked upon by you. I pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus our Lord. Amen. Okay. So, um, Mary, I don't know if you want to share up. Was there a specific reason you thought about this?
1: Um, I think about it a lot. Okay. For diff- with, when I was working, when I was taking care of patients, um, there's a, I get a, Information from a charity that I—I I, I don't even know if you call it a charity, but a um, group mm-hmm. called um, Compassion for Choices, mm-hmm. and about you know uh, euthanasia as far yeah. as people selecting that, and um, I—it's something I have strong feelings about, and hear people say that the Bible says this and that. You know, you've always heard. Sure. And it's like, really? Does the Bible really say that? Sure. Where exactly? Yeah. And nobody can ever tell you mm-hmm. where any of that is. And I've never researched it. I thought this...
0: Well, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll let you know, it is a not a much-discussed issue explicitly within Scripture. We'll look at the the less-than-handful of times where it touches directly upon it, and then some, some places where it um, uh, maybe lends some knowledge to it. But...
2: Now, Jeremy Raskin uh, speaks
1: quite a bit about it because he's said you he a uh, I don't know who Jeremy Raskin
2: is. He's the representative from Maryland.
1: Yes, uh, yes. Uh, yes. Oh, okay. If you would
2: like to read his book, I've, got, I've read it, John, I don't know, John's read it, and John's daughter committed suicide. He didn't seem to comment too much on the suicide part. Uh, I mean, John didn't.
1: Suicide
2: part,
1: but I can bring you the book. You can take it, it's he had uh, his son had problems for a long time, and he had a good psychiatrist and everything. But, um, it's it touch, It's an issue that touches most
0: people. Most people, like most like, people, yeah. one way or the other. Yeah. So let's let's before we dive into the scripture part, let's just. Think about how we define a couple of terms first. Um, how about the word itself, suicide? What is that to you?
2: Take own life.
0: Yeah. Um, take one's own life. And in that, so would we say that it is an intentional act or could it be intentional or unintentional?
1: It could be
0: either way. You think so?
1: Suicide implies that it's intentional.
0: Okay. Yeah, so then there's, right, so there are, I would say most of the time. Otherwise, you'd say accidental suicide. Right, which is is interesting that we have both of those ways of talking about it, if you think about it. So, on the one hand, we don't. We somewhat discriminate, and I mean that in a good way, we somewhat discriminate between suicide and accidental suicide. At the same time, we have both of those terms, or sometimes if it's an overdose it's called accidental, well, you know, or whatever it might be. So there's this there's this fine line that can be drawn at times between intentional and, and unintentional. Um, you know, there are there are people that do what seem to be suicidal acts that maybe weren't intending to kill themselves, but then they do. Well is that so where do we place that? So even the even the subject itself can be a little mired in confusion. What about doing something that is inherently dangerous for a bad reason? Would we consider that suicide? So um, if you rob a bank and then try to jump from one rooftop to the other? It's not this isn't a trick question.
2: No, you're giving an example of what could right I don't think it is if you're trying to
0: get away <laughs> right yeah so that's that's maybe where this question of intention matters in our understanding what about if it's a um, what if it's a situation where you put yourself in knowing knowing risk of death or even certain death but for a very good reason um, you know the classic, someone does something to save someone else's life in
1: front of the child.
0: right exactly
1: that's that's
0: sacrificial it's that's sacrificial something. right but is it do we consider that an act of suicide i don't right we wouldn't so and, and again this is just kind of a way of exemplifying where this subject can be mm-hmm. nuanced um what it, what was the other name though for kamikaze pilots in, in the war. Suicide missions. Suicide missions, right? Mm-hmm. So again, you know, or suicide, obviously we don't think this is a good reason, suicide bombers, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So we differentiate, it seems, even sometimes based on the, the outcome or the intent. Um, although you will hear even in good situations where someone will say, it's a suicide mission, right? Mm-hmm. But so the word in, it, in itself means a lot of different things for us, and a lot of it depends on, on context. Um, so just to lay that out there, I doubt I spelled this right, euthanasia.
1: Assisted suicide.
0: Assisted, yeah, is, is one is one of the things we, we look at for this. Um, what else really speaks of, or, or when we consider euthanizing or euthanasia?
1: Well, you think of animals, and you're, you're not... But yeah, they don't but have, they have a choice.
0: Freeze. They don't have a choice, so that's true. We still call it euthanasia, right? Yeah, yeah. But what's the. But, Mary, you said it there. What's the the cause behind it? Is to. The, there's like great suffering. suffering and there's no chance of redeemable yeah. like living. A
2: veterinarian or
0: something like that, that would do it. They don't like to do it, but they'll do it. Right. So, the, those sorts suffering. of. Right. So. To and, and that term has come now into human driven euthanasia where people either i don't think they have i don't know of any nations that do um euthanasia that is not patient driven i don't think anyone's doing that yet so that's to say someone is um you know your next of kin is actively dying and you can't say we'll kill them now like we don't think that exists yet well you can disconnect all the and, and, and so, so there's where we draw some of these lines, right? right, about what is death versus what is natural death versus what, a, what is human sort of propelled death. So if, if someone's on, on life support, it's not usually considered euthanasia to take them off life support. If someone is, is cognizant um, and they make a decision to take themselves off life support, we don't even usually call that suicide. Even though they almost certainly know the, the outcome, and that has to do with this idea of natural death. It's not the idea that we're not killing them, right, You know, quotation marks, mm-hmm. but nature is kind of running its course. So it's, these, these words kind of wind up being, um, uh, again, somewhat needing of nuance. How about we skip down to murder and killing? Or is there a difference? I don't know. Murder,
2: I think, is planned. Okay. Killing, not necessarily planned. It could be.
0: Okay. But um, but
2: not necessarily. In war.
0: Mm. (laughs) That's planned. That's planned. Right. What do we usually, what we typically label that? Killing. Killing. Someone, again, the idea of the benevolent killing usually falls in killing. Malicious—that's where we typically assign it to murder, right? But how much distinction do we put between these words is really again a matter of uh, cultural reasoning and context. Um, some some languages and some cultures don't separate them out. There's just the killing of a person is murder. There's no difference for us. I would say we do separate these out, right? One of the big questions.
2: Found not guilty. What's that? If you take them to court, people are found not guilty.
0: Sure. Yeah. And then, and then we have a that even muddles the language further. Um, the language that has often been associated with suicide, in some ways, has leaned more towards an idea of self-murder. Why? Well,
1: because of the intent.
0: The intent. The act, You know, the, the active sort of component of it. Um, as opposed to other types of, you know, quote-unquote righteous killing or reason killing. So these these can be murky as well. And, and finally, how about sin?
1: That's the big question, because we have to understand the heart of God. We have to understand how God feels about it.
0: Well, so how do we understand sin, though? I mean, what is what is sin in your mind? Just, what's your first reaction to that word?
1: It's going against what
0: God wants. Okay, it's against God's will. That's, that's a great way violation to think about sin. Violation
1: of the Ten Commandments.
0: Violation of different rules, will. commandments, things that we've been told to do or not to do. Um, so breaking the rules, violation of God's will. Um, I would even go so far as to say Be imperfect now this in our in some ways in our dogmatic um, western Christian thinking has been more challenging for us at times because we're a lot more legalistic in some respects we it's easier for us to say like you were told not to do this you did this that's sinning right um, what is what's the language of, of Paul or the language of resurrection what does what does God defeat in Christ? Sin and death. Sin, Sin and death, right? And it, with Paul, what does, the, what does the fall of Adam and Eve bring, usher into the world? Sin. Sin and death. And, and anything that falls under those two categories. Anything that breaks the mold of perfection, right? And perfection being defined in some ways as what God has created the intention of the world to have been. Um, so, in a, in a narrow sense, sin is violating the will or the commandments of God, and I don't mean narrow in a bad way, but that's that's more narrow way. In a broader sense, sin and death work together as sort of this, um, the totality of everything that is not perfect, um, that is out of line with God's will and God's original intent for creation, all the elements that follow us after the fall. Fast forward right to the, to the age to come that we speak about in Jesus, that is the, both the reclamation and the recreation of world before it's tainted by sin. Just keep that in mind when we go a little bit further here, but let's, let's open the Bibles first to, <coughs> let's go to Judges 9, Judges 9. Chapter
2: Kings?
0: Yes. Judges 9? Judges 9. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. So we're looking for verse 52. Chapter 9, verse 52. Uh, I'll start here at 50 and read the final paragraph of the chapter. Then Abimelech went to Thebes and encamped against Thebes and took it. But there was a strong tower within the city, and all the men and women and all the lords of the city fled to it and shut themselves in. And they went to the roof of the tower. Abimelech came to the tower and fought against it and came near to the entrance of the tower to burn it with fire But a certain woman threw an upper millstone on Abimelech's head and crushed his skull. Immediately, he called to the young man who carried his armor and said to him, Draw your sword and kill me, so people will not say about me. a woman killed him.
1: (laughs) Now that's when you're hard up.
0: (laughs) So the young man thrust him through, and he died. When the Israelites saw that Abimelech was dead, they all went home. Thus God repaid Abimelech for the crime he committed against his father in killing his seventy brothers. And God also made all the wickedness of the people of Shechem fall back on their heads, and on them came the curse of Jotham, son of Jerubbabel. Um, okay, so this is a the first sort of example of um, chosen chosen self-killing, chosen death, suicide within Scripture. Um is there any, anything we can draw from this? Interesting motivation. Yeah.
1: But hey.
2: Now wait a minute. Uh, in the case, Abelman, is he? He's a bad guy. Is, he's what? He's a bad guy. Is he, is he Jewish?
0: Uh,
2: because if he's Jewish, it's, the interpretation
0: is different. Well, but, yeah, but look at, just, just look at the story so far with, um, because there is a, God repaid him for the crime he committed against his father and killing his 70 brothers, and God also made all the wickedness of the people of Shechem fall back on their heads. So, well, I guess this is searching for the negative. Is there a condemnation of Adam Mellick's choice of euthanasia? Doesn't seem to be now, and I wouldn't call this proof of non-judgment, but it's it's just if, like I said, there's not a lot of these examples in the Bible, so this is one example where a euthanasia type thing has happened in in the sense that he knows he's going to die, he's been struck by a millstone in the head, um, and he chooses uh, expedited death for himself at the at the hand of his servant. So. But the, it's it's not referenced again. It's just kind of, it is what it is, right? It's just the way he dies.
2: But uh, after he's dead, all the wrong for having killed these other people. Yeah. Seventy.
0: Right. Judgment. So there. So there's judgment, right? But it's not about. There's no indication that it's about how he died. No, it's right? for other things. Right. Yeah, it's for other things. Okay, so that's example well, one. Why
2: was he going up there? Did you try? And, no, he wasn't trying to kill the people in Shepard to justify.
0: He was trying to burn down the tower. Yeah,
2: but he wasn't doing that to to uh, to justify the seventy brothers.
0: No. No, no, but I'm just so but this is just an example of of an instance where this happens in scripture and it doesn't really reference it as a positive or a negative. It's just kind of part of the story. So that's that's all this is meant to you sound a
2: killing.
0: To, <laughs> yeah.
2: Military no, killing.
0: And and of course in his mind it was good, although he's already kind of a bad guy, so it's tough to I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's an endorsement or a or a prohibition, it's just sort of a passing by fleeting thing. Second Samuel seventeen. This is 2 Samuel 17, uh, verse 23. When Ayatophel saw that his counsel was not followed, he saddled his donkey and went off home to his own city. He set his house in order and hanged himself. He died and was buried in the tomb of his father. I don't
1: even remember that guy. Was he a good guy or a bad guy?
0: Minor character. Okay. Minor character. Um,
1: I've got it underlined. I've obviously read it before, but it's like, who's that?
0: He's an advisor for um, King David. Or no. Actually, he might be for uh, Absalom. His son. But again, um, an instance where there's neither prohibition or condemnation. He's just he dies and is buried in the tomb of his father. So there was no greater repercussion for him, physically after death, or it seems within the within the story.
2: Well, he was buried in the tomb of his father, and there wasn't any. Right.
0: And this is a.
2: Sent
0: if us. if and, and some of this might be, do you do you all. Um, have familiarity with the prohibition against being buried in certain cemeteries based on your state stated death. Um, so for, for a long time you couldn't be buried in a Catholic cemetery if you died by suicide. Correct. There, there was a prohibition against that. Um, I don't know all the Jewish law, but there are certain prohibitions about ritual burial in Jewish seminary, cemeteries if, if there's something. I don't know if they would have been a place then. This is certainly very early on, but but at least in this case, again, this is just a, a one-off incident, instance where there's. it just sort of seems the way it is. Right. Um, and finally, jump to the Old Testament, Matthew. New test. Sorry, New Testament. <laughs> you can't
1: get anything by
0: us. A... It's that warm out already. Matthew 27... When morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people conferred together against Jesus in order to bring about his death. They bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. When Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, he repented and brought back the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. He said, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. But they said, What is that to us? See to it yourself. Throwing down the pieces of silver in the temple, he departed And he went and hanged himself. But the chief priest, taking the pieces of silver, said, It is not lawful to put them into the treasury, since they are blood money. After conferring together, they used them to buy the potter's field as a place to bury foreigners. For this reason, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of the one on whom the price had been set, on whom some of the people of Israel had set a price and they gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord commanded me. So obviously the execution of, excuse me, the, the suicide of Judas here um, from Matthew's Gospel. There's another version um, in, I can't remember which one now, but where he essentially eviscerates himself and empties his bowels um, as a form of, of killing himself. So this is the, Judas is, is, has always been a, um, his cause of death in the Gospels has been known as suicide, right? Um, which,
2: but it's interesting the priest's response because they paid him the money, right? But then they wouldn't take it
0: back, right? Um, so Judas can't return the money. It throws it down, but it's not actually accepted as returned. So it's still Judas's possessed blood money in a sense. Um, so one of the ways, I would say a minority way that this has been interpreted is that Judas himself is undergoing an act of atonement with his own blood, partially because he can't return the money. He has shed innocent blood and what is the penalty for shedding innocent blood Nothing. death right so some have some have read this and said well Judas is in a sense um doing what is lawful in condemning himself to die that's that's one interpretation the other of course is just that um as you can imagine for most things in the gospel if uh if Judas does it, what happens to the, the legacy of any of it? It's bad. It's bad, right? Because Judas did it. And Judas is the ultimate sort of bad guy. Um,
2: now, what yeah. happened to his body? I can't remember. There was
0: something about, him. was he left and eaten by the birds? Or... Um, yes, let me find, that's the other one.
2: Nobody would touch
0: his body. So this is an Acts 1. Excuse me, Acts 1. So if we go to Acts 1. Okay. Um, we can start at 12 after the ascension. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. When they had entered the city, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. All these were constantly devoting themselves to prayer, together with certain women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, as well as his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, together with the crowd numbered about 120 persons, and said, Friends, the scripture has been fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit through David foretold concerning Judas who became a guide for those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. Now this man had acquired a field with the reward of his wickedness, and falling headlong, he burst open on the middle, and his bowels gushed out. This became known to all the residents of Jerusalem, so that the field was called in their language, Hakeldama, that is, field of blood, for it is written in the book of the Psalms, let his homestead become desolate, and let there be no one to live in it. And let another take his position of overseer. Okay, um, and that's always been a this idea of falling headlong um, has also been known as swelling up. Um, and there are some there are some Christian commentaries that basically say that um, Judas gorges himself to death to the point when he becomes so engorged that his body bursts open. That's the way this has also been read from this Acts of the Apostles. Um, very much different than than uh, hanging himself. Although, a similar story nonetheless. The point was, he killed himself. Right. Right. Um, and, that, and in this version, in both in both of the stories of Judas, he obviously gets nothing in return, um, and in this one, you know, you think about that connection between legacy and, and family and um, self. He's purchased land, right? And as we were going through Genesis, what were always the two promises to Abraham? Land
2: and have
0: Right, land, inheritance, descendants, and all this. And um, so there's this land of Judas, but it has become desolate. So there's no legacy to it. In fact, the land is poisoned in itself. So he not only taints himself, but he taints he taints in both stories the very land, either what the money was used to purchase or where he died, um, that it becomes sort of so, so fouled by his, this is where the commentary really goes on, that it becomes so fouled by his bursting, um, after he gorges himself to the point that he ruptures that it can't be used anymore. Very, very graphic. But I, either way, the, the, the sort of point's the same. Um, so Judas, are we to understand, and this is part of a question to ask, but are we to understand that the judgment on Judas is a result of his suicide? No. It's, it's not yeah I wouldn't say there's anything clearly that indicates that what's his judgment for what he, what he did right right in in betraying in betraying the Christ um, so even with Judas you know obviously this happens to him um, and it's it's a not good thing but it's not it's not laid out as anything that's that much more um, wicked or anything else like that so so that's those are our biblical examples of suicide. So when people say that the Bible says very clearly, there aren't a lot of them. You can put that out there. Now, where where do these other, other sort of thoughts get drawn from? All right, let's go to the obvious. Let's go to Exodus 20. Mary brought up earlier the 10 commandments, right? Mm-hmm. Exodus 20:13. You shall not murder. Oh, this translation says you shall not kill. Ah, so within within the Hebrew same word no distinction. So this is this has been a challenge um, that people have people have struggled with about what to make of this commandment. Both of those are are right. It has been more commonly interpreted as a prohibition against murder. Um, in some respects, because God uh, ordains killing in the old, especially in the Old Testament, from time to time, right? So how could God make you do something that is sinful? Would be the question. So that's why this is more often rendered as murder. Um, but again, as we talked about before, we got the scripture. You know, those the the differentiation between those two things are um, are a matter of, of nuance. What we see is murder versus what we see as killing. All murder is killing, but maybe not all killing is murder, as as you might say. So this has been the this has been the obvious prohibition of of murder, so if we see suicide as murder, which has commonly been associated as as an act of self-murder, then it's a prohibited act, right? Okay, so if you... And this is not only... This is not only Catholic dogmatics, but this is Christianity pretty much writ large, or at large. If you... Um, if you die in a state of sin, what happens? We forgiven. all die in a state of sin. Well, that's one way to look at it too, right? right? So we all die in, a, in... in We all die being fallen and sinful. The question of whether we all die in a state of sin becomes the question. So, in a state of unrepentant grave sin was sort of the was sort of the the line that was drawn um, legalistically to determine God determines your fate but I guess for people to have an understanding of what occurs so if if your last act is something seriously sinful and you do not repent of it you would die in a state of sort of grievous sin. The issue with suicide, of course, being that unless it's some sort of delayed thing, you can't repent of it afterwards. It's, And I'm I'm not saying this is where I come from on this, but this is just the the argument. And you can't
2: repent by asking God to to forgive you for what you're about to
0: do. Correct. Yes, that's always been commonly sort of understood, too. That, That that's not the way it works, either. Which is where the church developed its understanding that this is just kind of one of, it's not good, right? You got about to say something.
1: Well, maybe because its I'm a nurse. Mm-hmm. But if you look around, anyone that's consciously I mean, they're, it's informed consent. They drink themselves to death. They smoke themselves sure. to death. They overeat themselves sure. to death. They do all kinds of bad habits chronically for years and years. They're, yes. they're um, slowly but actively committing suicide. Yeah. They are hastening their death. Right. And we've, well, I shouldn't say we've all, I've done things that, Hastened, could have hastened my death, but I was fortunately... I think you can
0: say we all have. I mean, yes, that's I part of being people, human in a
1: sense. Right. and But I'm, I'm talking about ha- habits that you have consciously said, I don't care, I am going to abuse my body in this way, and I'm going to keep on doing it. Right. To me, that's as
0: sinful or more so. I mean, that's just my perspective. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I wouldn't disagree with that. The only thing I would say. So the church... And again, this kind of gets into that sort of... But let me say this first. There's no period in the church where it was ever written or said from the church fathers on, on pretty much through the day where anyone said, like, well, this is a good thing, suicide. Right? Right. Or, right. or even acceptable. Um, but then the church, especially when it got you know, it's sort of that medieval phase, which we're still in our, in some respects in our theological thinking, um, was trying to deal with what it knew. So, you can, if someone does those sorts of bad things and all that, they can repent at the end. It's a, it's a loophole, right? It's, it it was, is a loophole, You yes. know, in our way of thinking in some respects, but that was kind of the... The thought on that well they their heart and soul can be can be mended and changed and, and they are forgiven it was it was that logical issue of well if someone kills themselves they just they can't have that moment of grace so that then, mm-hmm. and I'm just that's saying sick. that's where that's where it was just a matter of what the church could say definitively because the church was trying to speak to people definitively right um so, and that makes sense. But and and it makes way, sense. Makes Whether it's sense. the right answer or not, it makes sense. Yes, it does right? make sense. So, um, the other thing I did find Genesis nine, not found personally, found as that this by the by the Talmudic scholars like Rashi and all these great Jewish thinkers um, Genesis nine five. And uh, since we just did Genesis, we might remember this a a little bit. But let me just start at 9 here. God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The fear and dread of you shall rest on every animal of the earth and on every bird of the air, on everything that creeps on the ground and on all the fish of the sea. Into your hand they are delivered. Do you remember this? This is is that shift from vegetarianism into meat eating um, that we talked about. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. And just as I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. Only you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is, its blood. For your own lifeblood, I will surely require a reckoning. From every animal, I will require it. And from human beings, each one for the blood of another, I will require a reckoning for human life. Whoever sheds the blood of a human by human shall that person's blood be shed. For in his own image, God made humankind you be fruitful and multiply, abound on the earth, and multiply in it.
1: (coughs) So, yeah. So that's saying if you kill another person, a third person is obligated to kill you. Yes. And that third person's like in the role of Administering justice, yes. so they're
0: not um, blamed for killing that. Right.
1: I never noticed that before.
0: Yeah, and that's, and then again, that sort of speaks to that distinction of the Ten Commandments, where we look at is it is it murder, is it killing? Um, that if you shed another person's life, when we talked about this a couple minutes ago, then life for life was the uh, was the the punishment and the judgment of God. So, this is where a lot of the, the Talmudic scholars draw the prohibition against suicide. It, in the, it's a sin. It's a sin to shed human blood, unless you're doing it to avenge their shedding of human blood. But the initial, the initial one is is sin, and that has to be atoned for. And the very strange thing about Self killing, I guess you could ask then is well, isn't that the punishment? Right. But then you get into all sorts of other questions. Yes, you do. So let me let me lay it out there that just to, to wrap this up, the, the Bible is completely relatively unclear. It is not direct about suicide. We say that much. It is direct about unlawful killing and murder. Right? So that's where this question of well, is this? Do we equate suicide and murder? Um, throughout the history of Christian philosophy, that answer has almost always been yes. So it is. It is simple. What has changed, and that's that's pretty much it for the scriptures on this. What has changed? Um, or I guess we. So let's think. or delve into a little bit more deeply for just a second. The. The idea of how things are supposed to be, and what interrupts that, um, especially in the in the context of, of the Old Testament, or even just there within the within the uh, end of the passage that we read. What are people supposed to do? Be fruitful, multiply, abound. Right. This is this is the edict of God. It's also the end of the the first. Uh, the first story of creation, right? You know. This this is kind of the, the way that this is supposed to be. Well, first part suicide works against that because it depletes one person in an unnatural order, as it would be as it would be known. The second thing is if, if you are dead, you're no longer contributing to the sort of the natural law order that says that you're to be fruitful and multiply and abound. So you're going against that too. You can't have you can't have kids. So there's, in terms of what they call natural law, um, which has been the basis for a lot of Christian philosophy and a lot of Western the- philosophy and theology, um, that's, that's the order of things. That's what we're supposed to do, be fruitful multiply. Obviously, the church has been more on board with that at times and, and changed its mind on that at times. Um, the question of birth control, Right. Why do certain, why do certain parts of Christianity, namely for us here in, in our context, knowledge of the Catholic Church, why are they against birth control? They claim it's taking a life. Well, there's that part, not just the taking a life part, um, but those are those other kinds of birth control. Yeah, but
1: it interferes but, with the order, the natural order.
0: Right. Right. Because so what are you supposed to do? Before we all multiply, <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the natural order um, that natural law says is supposed to happen. Suicide would obviously interrupt that. Um, so it's, it's a violation perhaps of the commandment to murder. It's also a violation of, of natural law in that respect. What has gotten added to the conversation really over just the last couple decades... And this has changed, um, and if not outright changed, certainly molded Christian understanding of the topic of suicide. Has been an increased knowledge and introduction on the subject of mental health, because the church is not the church is not blind to. Um, science, no matter what anyone says, and really never has been. We're sometimes a little slow in the uptake of things, but generally, if something's proven true, we get around. Get <laughs> around. Get around to, get to it. Getting on board with it. Yeah, it, ta- it takes a little while sometimes, but eventually, if it, if it seems true enough, we'll say, "Yeah, that's that's something we'll incorporate." Well, where does the issue of mental health begin? Well, the more we understand mental health, um, the more we have come to understand. That suicide is preventable and is all these other things potentially, but sometimes it's it's a very direct result, almost in a medical sense, of someone's issues with mental health challenges. Um, now that can get a little that can get a little dicey when you start talking about, you know, fatalism or is something. It's not quite the same as cancer. Cancer kind of does what it does, and you don't leave smoking and drinking all that out of it. You don't make a choice for the cancer to, to metastasize. The question is how much of a choice are people in the grip of you know severe depression, other other mental abnormality and defect? How much are they making a how much are they making a choice in the matter? Right? That distinction between murder and killing, we work it into our, we work it into our criminal code of law. Too, when it comes to mental health, the insanity defense, right? You still have to go away and be treated, but you're not, you're not culpable. Again, looking at this from a legalistic perspective, you're not culpable of murder if you don't have the mental capacity to judge and. Do and form ideas and intent as a quote-unquote normal person does. Well, similarly for suicide, if someone is severely mentally ill, does that change our understanding of the murder-killing dynamic if they kill someone else? Yes. What about if they kill themselves? And this is where the church said, well, yeah, actually, it's... it matters there, too. Um, you have been... It's it's Mental health is always a challenging thing because it's something that we can't see, but someone that has mental health challenges isn't necessarily in their right mind to decide to or not to kill themselves. And so if they're not committing murder with their last act because they don't have the requisite mental faculties of, a, again, a normal person, or or a non mentally health challenged person, then is it still suicide? Becomes the question. And in some respects, um, I, I know they wouldn't. I know mental health clinicians would probably not make such a bold statement. Is anyone who takes their own life? in a normal state of mental health. Good question. So that's, I think in a good way, clouded the the subject where there used to be, whether it was wrong, but there used to be more clarity on our understanding of this. Has really clouded it now to say, well, you know, if someone takes their own life, that's, how could they be anything other than unwell. So that's been a, that, that's been a way that even within the, the Catholic Church that has more rules than we do has, has changed. You can, you can be buried in a Catholic cemetery now if you commit suicide. Why? Because this was probably a factor, right? Um, does that make sense? The way in which mental health would be a softening a mitigating factor, not that it's our job to determine judgment, but I mean, I, I don't think it's unreasonable that people are curious about these things and where God would stand on these things. Um, so, you have the you have the mental health issue. Okay, let's look at other forms that, and and mental health. We would say, well, maybe, the, or possibly, or probably, the person doesn't have the the requisite ability. They've been they've been stricken with this really disease that causes this to happen. And that's outside of their control. Okay, other forms. What about euthanasia, Because people that engage in euthanasia, that's a different type of suicide, right? Um, that's people that are deathly ill, probably going to die soon, and in severe pain and suffering. Now yeah, You could cover that with, with mental health. I mean, certainly depression a lot of times accompanies that. But sometimes these are people that don't have otherwise mental health issues. They're just making a reasoned and sensible decision in many ways that they don't want to spend another... Four, six, twelve weeks in agonizing, excruciating pain, and have nothing much left to come. But then, if you take up the the mental health consideration, you know, is it a is it an act of murder? Well, you can argue that it's a sane choice that they are
2: making. Right. So then. It would be murder. But if you argue that the pain is so much that they can't tolerate and make good choice.
0: Yeah. it's I guess you should say no. It's, it's and it's not a... Obviously, it's, it's a very complicated subject, and um, I don't think I would ever... I mean, I certainly would not... As a pastor, I would certainly never like, forgo a funeral or anything like that for someone that chose euthanasia. Um, And I'm not sure I'd be all that combative in any argument if they told me that's where they were leaning and that's the state they were in. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Whether that's something says something about me or not, I don't know, (laughs) but it's, um, you know, that one, like I said, it's a challenging question, that's why people's minds aren't made up on it yet. Um, Is there something inherently better about suffering through those final two, three months? Or is it really that much different the way that we can, we might not euthanize people, um, but when you're in that state and they pump you full of morphine so that you can't feel or think anymore, it's not like you're coming back anyway, Um, which you have surely seen. I mean, it's just, um, so is there, and, and I don't have an answer for this, is there such a major difference between the way we do end of life care now and, and expedite the process. Um, I can tell you it, it feels different. And I think there's something worthwhile to at least explore why it feels different to us. Mm-hmm. Whether that makes it ultimately a an evil or a wrong is one thing. Um, and the other then would be questions about, you know, people that engage in acts of, you know, certain death for heroic or unheroic reasons and, and how we judge that I think we would tend to judge that more based on the, the action accompanying it so the teacher pushing the kid out of the way of the bus I don't think anyone's going to condemn that the suicide bomber are going to condemn it why? because the situation is so much different Right. we're not even focused on the act of them killing themselves or being involved in a sense in, right. in an act of suicide um,
2: yeah they what you say. Um, you have this young man that killed nineteen
0: people. Yeah. Uh,
2: and we don't know he may have done it because he wanted to become famous. So, uh he's not. He's not committing suicide, because he knows he's probably going to get killed in the process. Right. But the evil that he has in his mind before, and the lack of respect for the lives of others,
0: is definitely
2: a sin. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So then, as a minister, what do you do? That's tough. Or as a church, what do you do? Or, you know, for the family. Of course, you only have it's a
0: broader Mary. It's a good broader question you bring up that extends beyond suicide. What do you? What is the church's response? And let's say someone is, if if someone's not baptized, it's a little easier to say, "Well, I'm not touching that." But let's say someone is uh, is baptized, maybe a member of your even church, maybe not, um, but they are just a, a bad person, and they die a bad person. How do we react to that?
1: Well, you can hope that they had a better relationship with God directly, personally, than
0: was showing to the rest of us. I mean, you know, that's, you don't know. You don't know, and you can always play that, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but you can always pull that card of, well, you know, we don't know. Um,
2: but we can then come back and say, if the minister or the priest has taken place to God, should
0: he bury? It's a good question. I would look at it on who. I think I would choose my words carefully. Um, I think I would do it if someone has it's been baptized. An it, well, it's it's not it's not always an obligation, um, but even in our. We we do speak the gospel boldly and the promises that God gives believers, but ultimately, who judges? Yeah, God. Makes God, and and we leave that up to God. There was a this there was a priest that got in some some hot water. Um, he he did the funeral mass for a um, a young man, teenager, who had uh, committed suicide, and his. His homily was very, I would say, theologically accurate and nuanced. It made a lot of people mad because it was essentially, you know, we don't know, but God God is the judge and God is merciful. And people don't always want to hear that, right? Because they, they want a certain amount of reassurance that nothing has gone wrong and nothing is wrong. Um, and he was not willing or able to say that about this young man, whether that was the right or wrong choice, from pastoral senses is, is up for debate. But um, I think there's a there's a great amount of comfort on on no matter what, saying that God is God is the judge and God is merciful, and that God understands fully the hearts and minds of people in ways that we can't, right. even from outside actions or even from final actions. Right. Um, and I think, I think for for people firm in faith, that is more comforting than for people that are less mature in faith, who who just want to hear something therapeutic and good, um, because it doesn't sound like that to them. Because um, we always know that God has the option to do what God wants. So right. if God wants to condemn you, Mary, that's just going to happen. Exactly. <laughs> if you really believe God is God, then that's yeah. just going to be the way it goes. That's what makes Him God. Right. That's what makes God God. He's in charge. God's yeah.
1: You have to think about,
2: uh, well, um, if you this is probably because my father was in the sky and he wasn't a uh, funeral. Yeah. But if you have a funeral for someone who has committed murder and, murder and so forth, uh, would you, as a member of the church, go and pray for the soul of that? Person? Mm. Uh, and how would you treat the family? Right. Because did the family fail? Not for us to know
0: or judge. And did the church fail? Good question. uh, And one of those... Let's end on this, too, because finally, um, the the question always arises again, that question of sin. So, does suicide equate with sin? regardless of what God will do with one's final sin or whether they die in a state of sinfulness, is, is suicide sin?
1: Well, if you... Sin
2: is anything that goes against the will of God. The will of God is for people to come to the knowledge, to share that knowledge with others, so it would be a sin.
0: And, and so even if you... And again, this is one of those things people that is challenging for us to hear. Even if, um, even if you don't believe that someone's act of committing suicide was sinful, again, let's think about mental health and all the various challenges that people have, or, or grievous pain. So even if you don't think it's a, it's a breaking of a commandment directly, when we think about the will of God and what goes against that as being things that are at least touched by sin, it, I would say yes, you can put suicide in that category, But there's a whole lot of other things that go in that category too. Mm -hmm. Like almost everything. Sin, death, and everything. Everything else that isn't in the will, that wasn't intended for us.
1: Right. And ultimately
0: that just becomes everything that's wrong and grievable and sad. Um, you know, so I, I I I nuance when I when I talk about this with people that aren't as that aren't coming from this from a similar perspective, because if when people hear that, that suicide is sin filled or sinful, you know, it can lead them to believe that it's it's a judgment a condemnation. And that's not really what, what I would define it as. It's just it's it's a matter of the brokenness of living in a fallen world. Right? There isn't supposed to, it's not that's not supposed to happen. Malicious acts aren't supposed to happen either. Neither is disease. Neither is hatred. Neither is a lot of other things. So, it lives in that same house, but so do so do a lot of other things. Um, it's not a. It's not a good thing. Just like cancer isn't a good thing,
1: right?
0: right? So we can talk about it in that way while still showing a pastoral nature and respect to people that that recognizes that it doesn't mean that God hates anyone that this happens to. Um, it's just, actually, it's the opposite. God grieves for us um, because God, God sent Christ to die for us in our brokenness and in our sinfulness. Um, so I, I would never call it a, a good thing, it's, it is not, but it's a, it's a bad thing in the way that a lot of things are, are imperfect at that. Any final thoughts on this?
1: I always think, too, that Jesus tells the story and, and he says, all right, wh- whoever is without sin, you can throw the first stone.
0: Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a heavy and weighty subject. Let's end with a word of prayer. The Lord be with you. And also. also with you. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your son, Jesus, whom was sent to take on our flesh and our nature and our lot so that we might be redeemed from the power of sin and death and belong wholly to you. We look forward to the day, Lord, when all sin is wiped away, when death is no more, when crying and pain have been obliterated and when a new kingdom, your kingdom shall reign with all the saints whom you care for and all of those you draw into your heavenly kingdom. All this we pray, Lord, remembering the words that your Son has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and
2: ever. Amen. I've certainly seen as a nurse that people crying, bleeding.
1: Why
2: do I have to keep on?
1: They're in so much pain. Yeah. They're so miserable. They're isolated, alone, and people screaming. Right. And months and months and months go on you yeah. yeah. feel so much for this.